You are listening to From the Maker to the Made podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to season two From the Maker to the Made. My name is Barry Power. And I'm Damien Walsh. And thanks for tuning in. This season, the podcast aims to help creatives find their way in the modern digital landscape. In some of the upcoming episodes of this season, we talk about topics like artificial intelligence in music, evolving as an artist with technology, and the business of creativity. In this episode, we're covering our top tips for artists, how to manage your expectations, how to not let your day job take up too much of your mental capacity, and how to set some short and long-term goals. So stay tuned and enjoy. Yeah, how, how did you put together the list? Um, it was a couple of different ways. So I, I, I'm listening to a pretty cool audiobook, um, how to kind of have a, a career in music. So that's, that's quite interesting. It, it kind of brings up a couple of things that I suppose I knew or kind of thought I knew um, but it points a lot of things out really clearly in the book that uh, that made me go, oh yeah, these these are these are mistakes that a lot of people probably make or don't even think about. Uh, so it's a mixture of that, um, obviously, my own experience, um, or like experience from friends as well, uh, or then just kind of thoughts about like generally in business or you know if you're starting up a business it's all it's all relative to the yeah uh, do you do you think kind of as an aside here do you think that musicians i keep talking about musicians but mostly because we are musicians but i suppose for any kind of creative entrepreneur say do you think there's a lot of bad advice dished out yeah there can be um or i mean it, it, it all it all needs to be very current advice Right. So, you know, what happened 10 years ago doesn't happen now. What happened 30 years ago? Forget about it. It's like it's gone, like um, particularly in in kind of the creative industry, because the Internet has changed so many things. So um, obviously it depends on who you're listening to uh, for advice. But, yeah, I mean, there can be an awful lot of bad advice. Yeah, I think. And yeah. Especially, I think, when it comes around to the likes of marketing and, you know, even the title of that book, you know. Yeah. What's the title of the book? How to make it in the music, in the new music industry. How to make it in the new music industry. Is that the Ari Herstadt book? Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um, Like, that's that's the most clickbaity title of a book, I think. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know. And I think there's a lot of that. There's a lot of kind of snake oil. Uh, this will make you famous or this will, you know, I think that's where a lot of the bad advice comes from. Huge. YouTube is disastrous for a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, it's very helpful. Um, if you want to learn to do something on YouTube, you know, there's some really good tutorials and whatever. Um, but in terms of giving advice, especially around, uh, I suppose, careers. The the advice only really works um, for a specific case. It's not going to work all the time. So you don't need very specific advice. You you need, 
I suppose, a, a general somewhere to start. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be like an industry standard because the industry standard kind of changes with every with every decade. Yeah. You know, so it's a weird one. So I suppose that does segue nicely into the first ah, topic was yeah. manage your expectations. Why do you say manage your ex- expectations? Well, I think it can be very easy to um kind of get all all of these lofty goals so i'm gonna i'm gonna write a song and it's gonna you know do really well or i'm gonna release an album i'm gonna uh do this piece of artwork i'm gonna do a a, a great video on youtube and people are gonna love it Mm -hmm. Um, and all of the thought process behind i'm gonna do this and people are gonna you know it's gonna be great has nothing that you know there's no substance behind that in in a lot of cases because it's such a a large thing thing to do uh to to release something onto the internet and get proper kind of feedback and that takes time it takes uh different iterations of it uh and you have to learn from that but i think sometimes when people are coming to this from you know at the start they might think, oh, well, I'm going to do this and I'll put it out and people are going to love it. Yes, they might, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they might love it, but chances are they won't even get to see it. Um, yeah. And and like you, it'll be seen way, way less than you think. And that's that's a, yeah. a big misconception. I think with with the Internet in general, it's like whenever you post anything, there's very few people actually see it. Um, yeah. And and with them. Um, like, you know, say the likes of, of trending things on Snapchat, okay? So you'll have people who have millions and millions of views and they'll say, oh, well, you know, you just kind of get on top of this trend and you, you post a cool video and, you know, I had 10 million views for my video. But they've posted thousands of videos before they got their 10 million views. Um, and you might get extremely lucky and post something that just goes viral but chances are until you've kind of you know there's also the algorithms to think about on on all these platforms unless you're feeding those well uh you're not really it's it's going to take a lot of time before someone discovers you on youtube or snapchat well, yeah or, well i was chatting to um david dockery he was on he was one on one of the earlier episodes of of the podcast and he uh, he had gone viral with some of his youtube videos yeah and what he did was he he played drums along to to scenes from tv and things like that and he he played along to um a, a scene in it's always sunny in philadelphia okay and it just like took off and he he was on like six million views within a couple of days like it it went everywhere and uh, I was talking to him about like how how it felt to be like to have gone viral and all. It's like, did you feel like you've arrived and you've made it and all? And he's like, well, to be honest, I couldn't monetize my channel because copyright issues. And uh, yeah. then he was still at a loss as to how many of the people who had seen him do this kind of specific niche video, um, albeit a viral one, 
would want to listen to music that he's that he's created. Yeah. So he's like, you know, here's my uh, drumming along with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But here's my song that I actually put a lot of time and effort into. Not that he didn't put time and effort into the the other thing, but it's there are two kind of different releases. So that was that was a big eye opener that like even when you do go viral, it's not a guarantee that uh, all your kind of expectations will be met. Yeah. And you're not. And I suppose with with the, the viral kind of sensation or whatever, um, the things that go viral aren't um, really that original. You know, like it's not like someone writes a song and it goes viral. Like, does that ever happen? Unless it's a song yeah. about Conor McGregor or, you know, like there was this, a guy that, that wrote a song about Conor McGregor couple of years back and that went viral because i think mcgregor himself you know said something about well, it there, or whatever. There, there was that sea shanty thing on tiktok did you see that no what was that so there was a guy and he was singing this old scottish sea sea shanty mm. and it just blew up and went uh, and uh, the thing about tiktok is like there's all these interactive parts to it so people started harmonizing with him and um it's just a really catchy song yeah you know, but it was a sea sea shanty all the same so it was like wow so yeah. i i think there is music that goes that goes viral but i don't think it ever goes viral in the way that people would like it to go viral or does that does that make sense yeah but, you know i think it, people think like it'll go viral and then i've made it and this idea of making it what whatever it is is very undefined in people's minds anyway. Yeah, but that that's that's another good point. So it, this is, you know, still on the topic of manager expectations is um you know, what what even write down what they are. Some people you know, or they might have like a a broad stroke view of this is what my expect I'm going to do this and this is what my expectation is. But realistically um <clears throat> like how how large are these expectations versus what's actually quite manageable you know i want to i want to write a song and i want to get it played on local radio stations a lot yeah that's now, that's, that's an reasonable. expectation that you that you can meet yeah. but even being able to define your expectations yeah i i'd say um I'd say quite few people maybe there maybe there are the, the odd few like driven people who really know what it is that they want but i think a lot of creative people are happy to kind of wait for inspiration to strike or to you know i'm I'm just going to live a creative life and not really have but like have a as you say a broad strokes kind of version of of what that is one of the things i was going to say about man- managing your expectations uh for me personally I tend to expect that I can get way more done than I can. So from a like a pra- pragmatic kind of uh, creation point, yeah. you know, I could wake up on a Monday morning and quite easily think I'm going to write five songs, make two YouTube videos, produce a podcast and do two gigs this week. And in my mind, I would go, yeah, that's totally fine. I can do that, of course, where in, in actual fact, you know, I might be lucky to get one out of the long, large list I've given myself. So I think expectations there of 
um, how long things take and how many things you can actually do is, I think it's, that's something that I, I would struggle with. So there, like, I mean, obviously expectations for your career and where you want to go, but also expectations of how long things take and um, how much you can actually do. Yeah. Physically, I guess. Yeah. And, and I suppose another point there is that when it comes to doing something creative um, I, like I know that putting some kind of time frame on things can can some you know it can sometimes help you get something finished Um, it doesn't always it doesn't always work I mean it, it has worked for me because in, in some cases if, if you don't give me a deadline I don't finish it ever you know you know working on film or working um, with like production companies, they do give you a deadline and you get so much stuff done. It's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I suppose uh, another thing is to, to, to set kind of hard deadlines um, to kind of force yourself to get things done is. Yeah, that's can be on helpful. the list there, setting long and short term goals. So um, that's that's what this is all about. I think the, the the kind of long and short term goal uh, point was more about like, I suppose it's it's like an expansion of you know manager expectations. So, you know, say if you're starting out in your career, and uh, you know we, we can talk about we always talk about music, but you you start out in your career and you have an idea that you want to you know write a song or write a few songs that then you want. You know, your next step is I want to play these live and next step, maybe I want to I want to record them. Um, but then if if and, and if that's enough, that's enough. But if you're kind of talking about having a career, then you actually have to set goals just in the same way that you might set a goal uh, for any other job that you've gone to college to to learn about. So, you know, you, you go and you learn business, but then you might want to to go in a certain trajectory i want to be working for this type of company then in five years time i want to do this in 10 years time maybe i want to own my own company so setting those type of goals from a creative standpoint is still very important because you've got nothing to aim for otherwise yeah so how would you go about setting a short-term goal for a musical project that didn't have an official deadline so say you weren't working for somebody else. This is a, a, a personal project that you want to get done. What would be in your mind to kind of streamline how you work? That That's more difficult than actually working for somebody. <laughs> but um, well, well, this is it. I mean, and it's always <clears throat> the way. And I think quite often uh, creative people um, outside of the official deadlines that they have, say music or art that they want to make for themselves can always be kind of changed and modified and you know hammered out until it's the perfect version until you've gone so far that you've missed whatever arbitrary deadline you might have set whereas you know if you have a gig that somebody's paying you to do you show up on time you do your gig and off you go yeah um so 
when you're thinking in terms of kind of self-management, how would you, how would you kind of, how would you go about it? Well, I think the easiest, so if, if we take it from a, maybe a songwriting perspective, right? So the, the easiest way to, to push yourself uh, from, from that standpoint is to either arrange a gig in the future for your new music that you haven't written yet. Um, you know, you, you have to make yourself kind of responsible for, for what, what your plan is. So you tell people about it. I am going to write an EP. It's going to be out in October. Yes. So then, then you, you're accountable now. You, you, you've after telling people that you've, you're going to do it. So get going. And obviously you have to set some, some reasonable uh, time. You need to understand how long things, things may take. Um, but that's, I think that's the best way because, uh, if it's just yourself, you're just leaving yourself accountable and if it gets done, it gets done. It's, uh, I think it's a little bit more difficult to finish something. But I think, you know, keeping an eye on how long it does take you to do projects and, uh, kind of having a, a bird's eye view of how long you tend to spend on. And, uh, you know, um, but that, that, that can be, that can be quite tricky to be objective about yourself and your own workflow. Yeah. But if you think about, um, well, there was a, uh, I think, I think it was Ed Sheeran that said something like, uh, his quote was something about, um, you need to write X amount of absolute terrible shit songs to come out with a good one. Yes. But if you don't keep writing and writing and writing loads of crap songs, well, then you're never going to get that good one. So it's it's like a trained muscle. You have to just keep doing it. So putting yourself under pressure and not being really precious about what you're releasing, but doing it often will then end up with you creating better things down the line. Well, yeah, that's true. But I, I mean, in terms of like... Um, how long does it get how long does it take you roughly to get through you know writing a song in the first place yeah and you know like well within a month I'll have X amount of songs because I tend to write you know three every week or something like that so you know kind of roughly how long each project lasts like the podcast for example we know now how long it takes to put an episode together yeah. and put it up. So if somebody asked us for a specific podcast, we could turn it around in X amount of hours. Yeah. And I think, you know, being able to be objective about where you spend your time and how efficient you are in certain areas and how inefficient you are in other areas and being honest with that will really help with setting goals. Um, because I think I, I struggle with that for sure, that I, I might not be the most objective, especially when I'm writing or creating things, because y- you can get lost in kind of the minutia of certain sounds, for example. So if you're writing a song, you can go, oh, well, that'll be cool when I put the trumpet part in and also listen to this sub bass thing that I'm doing over here. And suddenly you're lost in the weeds and 
you're not being efficient. Like all you need to do is have the song start, middle and end and have that done by the end of the week. Yeah. You know what I mean? So So uh, just so okay, so talk us through your process then. Do you like I suppose the the way that I would always write a piece of music is I would write the the foundation from start to finish and then build on top of that nearly yeah, all the time. Yeah, that that would be the that would be the ideal, but for me what I find is uh something'll spark my interest and before I know it I've kind of gone off um and and quite often that'll turn into something else then. So uh and and I quite like that idea of following these little treads of ideas. Um unfortunately it doesn't make for um it doesn't make it very streamlined. I don't I don't think I have a set process where it's like actually that's not quite true. If if you were to say I need a song for you by tomorrow. That wouldn't be a problem. I could get you a start, <laughs> start, middle and end song by tomorrow. But if it, if you're talking about a song that I would consider kind of releasing myself or uh, as as a kind of uh, an artistically satisfying thing, then I think my process is different. Okay. Um, and I suppose, no, you know, setting the goal uh, is kind of setting setting time time limits and stuff deadlines yeah. yeah yeah and is it because you're trying to make like your next masterpiece and you know you're constantly you know touching it with the brush and uh, it's not quite there yet i need to do this i need to do that um, and you, you're not willing to let it go until you're like 100% happy or? Uh, like no, it's not. It's not like I was never would consider myself a perfectionist um, by any stretch. And I find that uh, when we do get to the, <laughs> to the part about building a team, is that like having somebody keep me on track is, is very useful. Uh, but the reason that I will tend to go off is... Um, I'm most of all what I'm looking for when I'm creating something is that I'm trying to get out of my own way. So if I catch myself going, well, I'm going to throw a dominant seven chord in in front of my one chord because I know theoretically it'll fit. That's not following my ear, following. Um, it's not following kind of naturally where it should be going. It's following something that I've kind of learned. So I'm trying to bypass the, uh, the mental process, I suppose. So I, I'm always kind of curious about that process in art is this kind of idea of searching for something and kind of stumbling over it and not having it too prescribed. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess that that would be my ideal. Like, you know, if you could live and work as an artist that just has complete free reign over what it is that they produce. Like, I mean, obviously, when you need to 
produce things for a deadline or for somebody specific or for a commission, then you're going to work differently. I don't think, I'm not sure you can work that way. Yeah. Maybe there are people that can, but. I think that element of, you know, obviously working for a commission or working for a specific project where it's not just you involved. Um, with a, and definitely with, a, you know, like a timeline, it definitely, it's kind of like it forces you to be creative. You're, you, yeah. like you have to be creative because um, you don't, you don't have enough time not to be creative. And I kind of, I, I kind of like that element. Um, well, I, what I mean by that is I, I, I don't think it's any less creative to do it the other way. I think just for me specifically, kind of what you were mentioning about perfectionism being the kind of goal it's not really that for me but it's like I mean it's equally creative to work um within within deadlines and within like theory and within you know it's just I suppose for me personally my preference if I could do what I like (laughs) would be that kind of yeah but that's obviously the the more enjoyable for for everybody you know that 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 element of uh, i can let's go down this avenue and we'll see where it goes and if it doesn't go the right way well we'll come back and we'll we'll start again because i don't have any deadline yes but that that's a luxury like that very few people can afford um now you could argue that everybody can have that luxury but um pete megan the producer we have both worked with would often say have all your shit recorded and then if you have any time left over in the studio disappear down as many avenues as you like yeah and uh that's that's probably good advice too it is yeah i mean the 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 more pre-production you've done and the more uh you know practiced you are when you go into a studio um it it leaves so much time for all the ear candy and the you know what if i tap this or what if i put this through all these effects how what would happen then you know all that kind of stuff is is the fun part of of actually being in a studio yes Um, yeah so So. i've always i've always kind of subscribed to that that you just you definitely need to have all of your normal stuff ready to roll done get it boxed off and then mess and see what happens yeah and i think when you're working you know in a in a more pressurized environment like if you're paying money to be in a studio Hmm. or if somebody is is on time sorry i've I've probably digressed from our actual initial point here which is setting long and short-term goals um but what i meant to say coming back to that was that for me knowing how long it takes me to get from start to finish on a project um helps me make better decisions about making goals Don't let your day job take too much of your mind or your mental capacity. So what what I meant was by that was, um, and this is actually from from the book, and it, it did it you know it definitely makes sense for younger uh, younger artists. Um, so obviously, if you had a job, 
in an office where everything was really hectic and you know a lot of a lot is asked of you and it, it normally happens when when you're younger as well you know a lot of work gets heaped onto you or you're just learning or whatever um that type of job versus the job where you are you know working in a coffee shop or working in a you know a job that really uh it still allows you time to think mm-hmm. um and your you know your mental capacity isn't totally full up all the time where you know i i've had jobs in the past where i went in at you know you go in at nine o'clock you leave at six and you're just like i don't what just what happened today you know i was working so hard i don't know what happened and then you go home and you there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to be creative then you've you've drained your mind kind of um so yeah so that's where that that point is coming from like um particularly if you're you know if you're if you're starting off you're really serious about having a creative career and you obviously have to pay your bills but don't do that in a job that takes too much of you that is a yeah i don't really know how to answer that one because um i've been lucky enough that i've always had jobs related more or less to things that I wanted to do. Um, and then, as you say, the, f- the couple of jobs that I had that weren't in any way music related were very kind of, uh, they were very low wave, mentally speaking. I mean, it was, you know, cleaning and driving and, it, you know, there, was, there wasn't even interaction with customers or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't know if I can comment on that like my my instant reaction would be uh if if it's something that you want to pursue as a career why don't you pursue it as a career (laughs) because uh i think i I don't know if we had actually spoken about this on the podcast last week or had we just talked about it kind of in private but uh there was a post on facebook about a musician uh, pretty much arguing that uh you can't you can't have a career as a musician, so you should have a day job regardless. Um, mm. And to my mind, that was like, um, if you want to do the thing, well, actually, he, he mentioned as well, it's like if you have a day job, you're a lot more stable and you'll be able to be creative to do the thing that you really want to do. But in my mind, what, what I took from it was he was basically saying, to do the thing that you want to do, don't do the thing that you want to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like, um, you know, for what I would like to see is if, if more people uh, took that risk of becoming creative and if that's what they want to do with their job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I suppose one one element that comes with with being a creative that people might not understand is um the there are certain compromises so if you want to get paid to be a creative you have to do things like obviously you're you're being creative you're doing whatever your skill is um but you might have to do things that you don't particularly want to do for commission yep absolutely and uh so the alternative to that is 
kind of what I was talking about there, I suppose, where, you, you know, you get your money elsewhere and you are more free to to do your creativity uh, as a sideline thing. But, you know, like you were saying there, it's, it, it doesn't seem to to work out that way. That if you are doing something else, like, is it that, like, you should get a job that requires so little effort uh, that it leaves you enough kind of mental capacity to be creative and do what you really want to do? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, d- well, I don't I don't agree. Quit your day job, go out there and <laughs> live the life you want to live, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and that's 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 the ideal scenario. Go and figure out how you can live that life and get paid for it. Yeah. Um but if if you can't afford to do that, well then don't t- that's this I suppose this is the the whole point if you can't afford to do that and if you know you're not paying bills well then whatever job you do take and i'm i'm only i'm not talking about someone in their 30s or whatever that has other responsibilities i'm talking about someone starting out here yeah um you know take the the least mentally uh challenging job so that you've got time even when you're doing that job to be creative you know to sit down you know to you know on your lunch times and write out some lyrics or draw or whatever um and then put put you know put your put your plan together your your short-term goal is to get the hell out of that job how, how much am i getting paid in this job and getting paid this amount an hour okay well how can i get paid that much or you know in in the period of a month or a week by doing what i do okay well maybe i need to just quit this and i go and start playing gigs yeah and that'll pay me or whatever um, because obviously the, there, there there should always be an exit plan for the for that type of job. Yeah, and I think actually, uh, just kind of, um, to to go back on your on your side about this thing as well is that, um, the mental space to come home and be creative can also, the, um, from a from a job that you don't feel is is. Um, what you want to do is that like when you when you were saying about maybe compromising in your art and um, uh, maybe doing commissions that you don't necessarily want to do um, that work can can equally dry up your headspace and creativity I mean I've done I've done gigs you know where you turn up and you play stuff you don't really want to play and the last thing you want to do the next day is turn your attention to your own your own music or yeah. play any. Sometimes you know I haven't wanted to play any music at all because I'm working as a musician, but not quite the musician you want to be. I guess we have understand your target market, uh, use your creativity to think outside the box, and build a team. Okay, which build one do you want to take? I think build a team. You can't do it all. Yeah, that's uh, that one was a really good one. Um, that, yeah, it's a big one. No, no man is an island. Yeah. Um, except for what was that Hugh Grant movie? He's an island. He's a beta. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So no man is an island. Build a team. A hundred percent agree. Um, but what I found difficult was finding the team and then finding uh, and knowing what the people on your team need to be doing. Yeah. Um, and again, kind of uh, because we always come back to talking about music. Being in a band is probably a good analogy for this because you can understand what everyone in the band needs to do of their roles. Um, so if if you can understand what your graphic designer needs to do or understand what your uh, uh, publicist needs to do or your tour manager, if you're if you're that far, yeah. Um, but, and and I guess as well as that is a team. A team of um, not necessarily people that you work with, but a, a team, a supportive team, you know, a support structure of friends and people who understand that your job will be different from what most people do. And the problems that you have within that job will be problems that most people won't have <laughs> and uh, may not understand. So uh, having some friends around who, who do get that is, is pretty important. Yeah, so that kind of leads into a, like, you know, build a broader network within your industry as well. So you've got these, you know, other similar people to talk to and um, kind of run things by. I mean, going to kind of composer meetings with the Screen Composer Guild, you know, you'd be just chatting to someone you might not have have met before, and they they have the same problems that you've had, um, and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe, you know, there's someone else that understands what I'm talking about, and I can actually go as technical as I want, and you know, this, that, and the other, um, and they all know what I'm talking about. I mean, that was a that was so cool to be able to to chat to people in in that way before, um. So yeah, like obviously the broader network is good, but the the point you know build build a team is um i i found in you know when you're kind of going back to the band structure when you're in a band if you don't have four people or whatever amount of people four or five people in the band um each taking on a responsibility outside of playing the music it becomes a very uh it's a chore it's difficult to keep you know to gain momentum um and then the other element that that i found was that you know we're not all we're not all experts in certain fields but other people are so it's important to either get feedback from those people or to you know hire them to 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 do certain elements for you if you can yeah that's that's really really true and i think like feedback is such a good um especially in in such a solitary kind of environment as artists work in in general um i know there's like collaborative arts um like tv and film production and things but for the most part say uh people practicing instruments or composing or writers um there's so many people working isolated um and in a solitary kind of way that like having the feedback on their work can be 
you know, it can be great. Yeah. You know, because you can lose sight of whether what you're doing is good or what, what you're doing is bad, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, so obviously the, that, that kind of, that feedback can be very helpful when you're getting it from, uh, I suppose sometimes I don't listen. I wouldn't necessarily listen to people uh, from, you know, from a feedback perspective, unless they've almost done what I'm trying to do and they've done it better or something, you know, like, so, you know, if you, you play something for your parents or whatever and they listen to it and they go, oh, that's, that's amazing. And you're like, oh yeah, okay. You always say that. It doesn't, I could well, do that's anything. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Whereas. I mean, I, I, I mean, critical feedback, yeah. I yeah, yeah, like. yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, obviously, you know, feedback from peers and, and um, you know, mentor mentorship is is actually a really good topic as well. But, you know, feedback from, from mentors in, in the area can be very helpful. But I suppose, you know, this point, just to kind of go back to the point itself, was um, more like don't, you know, don't be trying to take on tasks that you just aren't an expert in if you don't have to. Um, and these are all and all the tasks that I'm really kind of pointing at are, you know, more so music business tasks. So, you know, like your social media marketing, your, you know, creating videos and um, even some of your your kind of Instagram posts, the photographs are they, you know, are you able to take photographs? If not, okay, figure it out or ask someone to help you. Um, and then other parts that people might not, you know, do a lot is, you know, drafting in professionals in even professional musicians. It's so yes, easy to, yeah. to hire musicians online who play instruments that you've never even dreamed could be in your music. And, and the, you know, the way you work as a, as a composer, it can be very easy to break out your sample library and go, I'm just going to play yeah. in all these parts myself. Whereas, you know, a professional musician is going to give like their own interpretation of, and and good, they're going to play it in a way that you may have never envisioned in a good way. I mean, yeah. When people are that good. um, And that's true. Yeah. That is definitely true. I think what well, building a team, but I, I, I also think that building a team can be difficult because it can be hard to find people who can do exactly what, what it is that you want them to do. Yeah. Um, and the simple, like the networking thing, um, it might be easy for a musician to find musicians, but for, um, for a musician to find a graphic designer mightn't be as as straightforward yeah um and someone that you can trust because i suppose one thing that people don't always think about is you know when if you hire someone to do a website for you um okay maybe they were really cheap and they did a good job but like things like the owning owning the domain or you know things like uh, owning the rights to that logo that's yours and um, sometimes people just pay the cheapest price and don't consider those things and then end yeah, up not yeah. having a website anymore or their logo identities disappeared so you need you really need people that you can trust and uh, although there's a lot of cheap things online 
um you know the likes of fiverr and all, all those all those places it, it does really help to to be able to chat to someone on uh from from that sense yeah i'm i'm not a massive fan of fiverr anything that i've ever gotten from fiverr has been somebody just slapped it together and like that's why you pay them cheaply to do it but i never ended up using any of the things that i got from fiverr um not that that's not a like i'm sure you can find some people in uh on Fiverr, my my personal philosophy on this would be, um, do it yourself first, um, and bring it as far as you can. Like for example, if you're building a website, go onto Wix or go onto Squarespace and build your website and do everything that that entails, and then you'll you you'll have the knowledge to talk to a proper web designer and go, I've gotten it this far on Squarespace. These are the elements I like. These are the elements I want to ditch. And can you build it now on WordPress? And I want this, this, and this. Yeah. And the web designer goes, great. This is somebody that knows what they want. Fantastic. Rather than, uh, you can just build me a website. Sure. What What do I need on it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of, try it yourself first. Uh, um that will give you enough knowledge to talk to the people to build on your team. Yeah. And one, 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 uh, one thing that I always like is, um, work with someone who might be able to change your mind. Oh, that's a good, that's a good tip. Yeah. Or who wants to try even, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I hate when people are just, ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You're not that interested then, you know, if they turn around and go, what is yeah, th- thanks for doing that website. It is terrible. Uh, and this is why it's terrible. And this is why I'm going to make it much better. Great. That's someone who has, you know, a bit of passion behind them. Uh, and they, you know, they want to, to to do something really good for you. That's hard to find, though, isn't it? That kind of honesty. You You kind of need a relationship with somebody in the first place to get that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And that's why, you know... There are certain parts of, uh, you know, building out your portfolio um, that you need to spend money on. I think that, you know, maybe, you know, a website might be one of them. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to be pro with, you know, or or seen that way, you got yeah. to, yeah. Yeah. Because someone's going to look and I mean, if someone looks at your website um they look at it on the phone and it's it's not rendering properly it's a bit funny looking they don't think that you know you're not that serious and we you didn't even pay for a website mm. you're saying that you're a business you're you are a professional in whatever creative field that you're in and you didn't spend man you know two or three grand on a website or whatever so how, how would you communicate with your team say you've like a hypothetical here is that you've got you've got all your team together you're you're ready to go how do you communicate with them and what does that kind of look like? Well, it, it I suppose it would depend. Like if it's around an event, because most of the time you, you're going to bring someone in for an event. Like I'm releasing this, you know, um, a a song or does does um does a showing in my local art gallery or I'm in a play or I'm doing whatever. Um, so whatever it is. Uh, you you would then 
engage around that event and try and get as much ideas from them. You know, this is what it is. This is the event um, or the album. The album's about this, 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 and this. I mean, one one cool way, um, previously, I, I kind of I was working with a graphic designer was uh, he said go on to Pinterest and make like a big board of all of these things that you 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 like or you think relate to you know your brand so you do a big board and then you go and you have a, a chat and explain what it is uh, out of all those you know logos and things that that you really like yeah and then they go away and they go okay um i think i've got it now and it's the same thing when someone comes to me and they're they uh they want music for a film they have to give me that kind of the board of here's all the music that i love and this is what the film's about and here's all the emotions and this is this and this it's it's kind of a similar process there but you need to fire a lot of stuff at the team uh so they've got ideas Yes, I th- uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, in a, in the same way as you were saying, being pre-prepared and pre-production in the studio, uh, having the knowledge to tell your team what it is that you want them to do. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's, that's the biggest trap that people fall into is that uh, they kind of give too much, uh, they give too much decision-making to uh, people within the team yeah so i know like graphic design is a good example of that where you'll have a meeting say i want some artwork for the cover of my book and say well what did you got in mind it's like i don't know you're the graphic designer yeah that's the worst answer to them as well though but that's what i mean is that like they'll go okay i really don't know what what you want what you're into what the book's about um i've zero information whereas if somebody comes i have a a somewhat clear idea and then the graphic designer goes well i'll give him his clear idea but also i'm going to give an alternate version because i think this one might be better then you get then you have something to work with and uh i think that's that's probably the most important thing with with building a team yeah um you need to know yourself what what the team's role is and what the hell you want in the first place So for season two of From the Maker to the Maid, we're trying to make it a much more interactive experience, which means we would love to hear from you. Things you can get in touch about, topics that we can discuss on the show. Also, to get involved in our creative challenge, once a month we set ourselves a creative challenge and discuss it in upcoming episodes at the end of the month. Or even if you feel like you'd like to come on as a guest get in touch you can tweet us at from the maker pod we're also on youtube facebook and instagram and if you're feeling generous and you'd like to help support the making of the show there's a newly made patreon page that's patreon.com forward slash from the maker pod or you can go old school and just send us an email from the maker to the maid at gmail.com